Who wants co- tell you, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Java Chat. We got another, I feel, excellent interview coming up here with a, with a doctor who has turned business coach. And he has like a full business mastery system. There's Dr. Jay LaGuardia that's here with us. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Jay. Oh, was that intentional, Dr. Jay? <laughs> this is the other Dr. Jay, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the shorter version. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, about man, a foot? Yeah, about a foot, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on and, uh, thanks for inviting me and I'm looking forward to sharing whatever I can with, uh, you and your audience. I'm sure you've got a ton. Um, we're probably not going to get through even half of it. Uh, your, your experience spans 30 years, uh, through a couple of different professions. We were just talking before the show and, um, Jay and I both have backgrounds in music. <clears throat> for those that know my story, I got out of music because I just got burned out. Um, Jay actually made a choice to leave music to go into something different here, and I'm, I'm going to let him explain a little bit more of that. Um, literally, we're both creatives, if you think about it. What was it that caused the the move? I mean, where where did that come from? Well, you can actually see a picture of my kit over my right yeah. shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose one of the first things I saw was like, ooh, <laughs> Yeah, so I still play because uh, it's still probably my primary number one passion. I got into music because uh, my father's been in music. Uh, he's he's 85, still runs his own uh, production company. Nice. And so he's been in the music business for uh, 70, 70 years. Good. Yeah. Um, so naturally, you know, I was drawn to it through him, my brother. Um and I saw, though, that the music industry was incredibly difficult on family life. He and my mom tried to marry twice, and both times it failed. Wow, that's a and, Yeah, man. So, you know, it's, it's not a, a unique story, unfortunately. But um, in, in a big, even, you know, as a teenager, um, family was a really high value for me. And mm. I just saw that the music industry was not conducive, you know, to being a good family guy. So, it's rough. again, yeah, you it's know, like. Rough. No question. And, and to have that, I feel blessed that I knew at 18 that this was something I want to do because making the decision to go into healthcare was a whole lot easier um, because I could see, you know, obviously being more stable mm-hmm. and uh, more predictable, mm-hmm. uh, as you and I were discussing earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was originally in school to be an orthopedic surgeon. I uh, uh, was doing my MCATs and uh, um, I got hurt playing ball. I was in college. I got hurt playing ball. And uh, I went to the trainers. Didn't really help a whole lot. My mother suggested to me, she says, you know, why don't you go see my chiropractor? I'd never heard of chiropractic before that. Mm. And I went into this guy and he had this cool little office. It was he and his wife, amazing human beings, just vibracious, uh, energetic. And so he gets me on the table, he checks me out, he tells me, you know, what's going on. Of course, I didn't listen. I didn't really care. It just <laughs> me. Yeah, right. And he did. And, and I felt amazing. 
Um, and it was funny, one night I was coming out of a biochem lab mm -hmm. at a local college, and there he was, the chiropractor that, that I had seen, he was doing a lecture. Really? So I, yeah. So I just stopped in. I was going to go say hi. So I sat down and listened to the lecture. And I heard this story, what we call the chiropractic story, where health huh. is, what health is, where it comes from, yep. what turns it off, and how do you keep it turned back on? And I walked out of there going, that's what I'm going to do. That and, uh, is awesome. Yeah, man. And I went home. I told, I told my family. And I, as you can imagine, they were shocked <laughs> at first. But it, it, it worked out pretty well. I would say, so that's interesting. I think I've heard that same story. I'm fairly sure it's a story that's told by many of them Yeah. Uh, when it comes to that. And, and it's, for those of you that haven't heard it, um, let's just put it this way. Uh, there is a way to turn it off and turn it on. And a lot of times we, un we unintentionally shut it off and to have it turned back on. Sometimes it takes a facilitator and boy, Kairos are real good at that. Let me tell you. If, no they, know what, if, they're know, if they know what they're doing and they're well-trained. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, but somewhere down the line, that even evolved further. I mean, you, you obviously, you built a successful practice, right? Yeah, I had, uh, at one time I had 10 clinics. Um, yeah. I still I'd say that's successful. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a challenge, <laughs> but we, we made it work. We made it work. I, I still own two clinics. I don't practice anymore. I actually stopped practicing. I like to say I figured it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but I stopped practicing literally six years ago, um, but I still own two clinics. Awesome. So you, you basically have associates that work there then. They I do. take care of them. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's still a degree of success that most people never get to. They're still married to their, they're still married to their multiple branches. No question. And, and it's one of the things that I teach in business coaching is, you know, most entrepreneurs really are just buying a job. You're only an entrepreneur when you have freedom. When that's you right. show up or not. Yep. And so I figured out how to do that with help of, of mentors. Sure. How to do that. And so I was able to step away and do other things. Yeah, I just, um, we, we just had a, a guest recently by the name of um, Cameron Tusi, who is an IP attorney. Um, he's, <coughs> he's been involved in <clears throat> numerous startups, tech, biotech, and all that stuff. He has the same opinion is you're only an entrepreneur if you really are truly free from it. If you're, if you're buying another job or you're buying another, another wife, if you will, I hate to say it that way, but that's kind of what it becomes. If you're, if you're unable to step away and it not be able to walk on its own, you're not quite there yet. It, it's an opinion. I know there's other guys that would say otherwise, but to me, it's really the Tony Robbins definition of doing what you want when you want on your own terms. No question. And, yeah. and to, the lady, to the ladies out there, they could be buying another husband. <laughs> all day, listen, all day long, if there's multiples, they'll have more than one. Yeah, no question. And, and, the, and the thing is... That's a weird is, polygamous kind of thinking, isn't it? <laughs> if it works. Hey, yeah, who's right? To, who's to judge? <laughs> Not um, me. <laughs> so, no, but I, I totally agree. Listen, you know, when you first start up and you're hustling, you're grinding, you know, you're... you're you're in it. You, you know, it takes a while to get to that point where you've built the foundation and the systems and the processes that are self-replicating and you've created the team and you got the talent and you can step away and know and predict on a month-to-month, -month, quarter and yearly basis what that business is, going, how it's going to perform. That's the freedom that we're looking for. So let's talk about that because we all have gone through it and sometimes are still going through it. 
what were the things that you had to deal with while you were looking to build this this team that you could finally take your eyes off the, the so to speak eyes off the prize and yeah. and it come to you what kind of things did you have to deal with you know that's a great question and it i, I have to provide a little backstory um, when i left chiropractic school in 1990 uh, we moved up to Wisconsin here. I'm originally from the New York metropolitan area, born and raised there. My family's there. You know, I just heard the accent. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard the accent. What you, you said you, New York? You can, you can catch it every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but uh, I met her and she was from here. Uh -huh. And her dad had a very successful practice, one of the most successful in the world. And so we came up here to practice and to mentor with him. Uh, it was only supposed to be temporary, but obviously it turned into an opportunity to purchase the practice, and, and we did. And uh, But I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't know how to run a business. I had no idea or concept of what leadership was. I was trained how to be a healthcare provider. I wasn't yeah. trained how to build a team, how to lead, how to yeah. inspire, how to create a purpose, and all that stuff that are necessary to build a successful organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I floundered significantly for the first few years to the point where it was, it was really causing um, some significant conflict between my wife and I because we were business partners. Right, right. You know, so we're raising kids and, and we're running a business and we're, you know, and, and, you know, we're a couple. So it was put a real strain. And, you know, one day she came to me, she says, look, she goes, if things don't change, I, I, I can see how this is going to, um, you know, cause us to, 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 to lose it all. You know, yeah. to lose the business, lose our relationship, lose the family, that type of thing. And she said, would you speak to somebody? I said, a counselor? She goes, no, a business coach. Because <laughs> I, I, I said to her, I said, I said, do you think I'm nuts? She goes, no, I think you're, I think you're brilliant. She's, I just don't think you're, you're moving in the right direction and your ego gets in the way and you think you can figure it out on your own. And it's been three years and you have it. So it's time to, to speak to somebody else. Isn't it interesting to note that most entrepreneurs have that one little element that has them holding up on their own success. And it's always, at least in my experience, it's always that little ego. Yeah. And, and how, it, how it loves to rear its ugly little head right when somebody comes in and goes, hey, maybe you need a little help. Look, Michael, I think that ego and pride are the two greatest obstacles for success in business. <laughs> I really do. I'm, because, I'm laughing because I agree with you, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so once you get yourself out of the way and stop making the business about you, mm -hmm. you know, it's about your vision. I get it. But when it's about you, as opposed to like, one of my favorite sayings all the time, my kids probably get exhausted of me telling this. It's not about being right. It's mm -hmm. about getting it right. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have to do to figure out how to get it right requires you pulling your ego out. Yep. Wayne Dyer said one time, one of my favorite entrepreneurs, uh, excuse me, um, um, mentors I met and uh, worked with a couple different times. He said, he said, ego is an acronym for excluding God out. I said, well, yep. what do you mean by that? He, <clears throat> yep. said, he said, when we get stuck on, on self, Right, we don't allow the creative juices of the universe, God, whatever you want to call mm -hmm, it, to flow mm -hmm. through us. We actually push it away from us. Yep, and it's such a powerful statement. I find that more often than not, and this is unfortunate for the ones that don't succeed. 
their identities get lost in the business. They become the business. And when you do that, you shoulder such a weight. And then, and then obviously all of the other things that go along with it, stressing out, bad health, you know, all of those things all follow with it all because their identity is now wrapped up in their business rather than they have an identity of their own. I think if more people paid attention to that, ego would probably be a little easier to set aside. I don't know if you, if you agree with that or not, but that's just been my experience. I've seen people lose their identities. They grind so hard and they get it. And, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's an amount of work that has to be done. Absolutely agree. You and I do it daily, but we don't allow our identities to get caught up into it so far that we lose sight of what it is that we are doing and who we are. It's a great point, you know, and no matter what it is that you do, um, it just so happens to be that to start with, I was a chiropractor and chiropractic is what I did. It's not who I was. Perfect. Right. Perfect. And so to expand upon that, Michael is in particular, when I work with entrepreneurs who've been in business for a while, let's say they're in their mid career and they're starting to look at, okay, what is what does the extraction process look like? What's the transition process looks like? It scares the hell out of them because their identity is tied to it. And they'll say, you know, I, you know, what am I going to do? Sit around and play golf all day or, you know, you know, travel with my spouse for the rest of my life. I'm like, well, it can be whatever you choose it to be, but you do have to begin to disassociate yourself because it's the number one reason why guys, when they retire, die within often five years or less of retirement because they lose their identity. As you mentioned mm -hmm. before, they lose mm -hmm. their purpose. So what has to happen when I left practice at 50, right? I just shifted purposes. It's not like I still don't feel I have value and I'm helping, you know, reach my goals. It's just a shift. So at that point you have to transition and find a new purpose and then enjoy the, the benefits of your labor and what you've invested in the time, money, and energy in your business. So you have the freedom. You want to go travel? Go travel. You want to go play golf? You want to go um, um, give up your time? You want to start another business? Whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, that brings a, a real good point to living a balance, a healthy balance when you are an entrepreneur. Because like you said, there's some guys like, I can never stop working. Okay, cool. But if you can't finish what you're doing here, you're always going to be working and you're going to be stuck on that one thing. So how would you, how would you like, how would you explain balance? Like being able to live a balanced and joyful life. What would be, what would be your suggestion or your advice on that? That is such a powerful question. And it's the reason I started my podcast, which is Power, Passion, Prosperity. So it's about empowering people with the knowledge to maximize their emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Mm. So whatever it takes, right, to work on yourself each and every day so you can show up as the best human being to your team, to your family, to whatever situation arises. It's about taking care of yourself, setting time aside each and every day to move your body and move your mind, right? So I talk about eat well, move well, think well. The three things we do each day that influences our life is how we eat, move, and think. So we have to spend time and, and schedule time each day mm -hmm. to spend on, you know, obviously nourishing the body, 
obviously moving the body to stress the body so it expresses health. And of course, making sure we're taking care of our mental aspect. So the way you do that is literally by setting time aside each day and prioritize it just as you would as the time you need in your business. Right. I can't tell you how often I see people that I start to work with and either like their business is really doing well, but they're an absolute physical train work. And I know. Want, right. They want, what is, what, what is that? Well, and you know, I mean, literally, I mean, their, their gas lights burning out quickly. Their engine light's been on for at least a year or two. You know that. Yeah, it has, it has. And so they want help to, to get their health back or someone comes to me and maybe their fitness is okay and their business is doing well but their family life is an absolute train wreck. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my, my partner says, and, and, and I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty humble guy, um, even though I, I may be a, a passionate, outgoing guy, but I'm pretty humble. But he says, and you know, he'll tell you, he, he, he's worked with a lot of um, really successful people in his own business before we joined together. And he said to me, he goes, you're the only guy I know, right? That's got the family, it's got the health, and it has the business success, you know, all three, you didn't sacrifice your family. You have incredible kids with a great relationship. You've been married 31 years to the same woman. She's still your best friend. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I mean, I'm 56. I'm still, you know, doing all kinds of physical events. You know, I work out seven days a week. It's not to pat myself on the back, but I want to No, no, no. We're not taking it that. It's, it's, it's a proof of the pudding thing. Yeah, it's exactly. a proof of the pudding thing. You, you exactly. if you make the right choices, you'll be able to continue going well into your sixties. I knew, I, I just, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I know a guy who had lived a successful life of his own, had retired, and at the age of like seventy, I want to say seventy-two, seventy-three. This is when I'm back on Maui. Every morning he'd be out in the water swimming. That's he, right. he made the choice, and and his family loved him. They, you know, they came out to visit him fairly often, and and he had a good life. He made good choices. He did the same thing. I think a lot of people forget that it, it does base on making good choices for all those aspects rather than just one or just two. So when we're looking at, you have a book on this too, don't you? I do. Yes. Cool. We'll need the, we'll need the link for that book. I'll, and I'll, I'll probably be grabbing a copy as well. I have, you know, more books to add to my list of things to read. <laughs> um, no, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's awesome. So in that book, you talk about the, like this, the, the three elements to go ahead and, and how to do this. How do, how do you lay that out? You know, I've seen results with my own clients as it relates specifically to, um, you know, creating the balance that, that you referred to. Mm -hmm. And so it's about lifestyle. It's about mindset. It's about, you know, creating the financial freedom in your life. So again, you have the choices to do what you want to do when you want to do. Again, mm -hmm. how did I walk away from active practice at 50? I didn't have to work anymore. You know, I do this now because I want to, right? Right, and and it's interesting. I tell young docs or or entrepreneurs that I work with, the best day in business is the day you show up and you don't need to be there. That's right. the best day. Not yes, when you start. Agree. Not when you sell. It's when you no longer need to be there. <clears throat> yeah, selling only sell, uh, closing a sale gets you punch drunk. That doesn't necessarily give you the freedom. No, of course not. No, because there's always the next sale. Exactly. Whether, whether there's residual on it or not, it's irrelevant. It's like you said, when, when you can walk into the business and go, Hey, how you guys doing? Everybody's like, it's great. We're rocking. Everything's good. You know, what can we do for you? Nothing. See you guys later. Love that's you guys. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, so I, true. that's I, I would think that that would be the, the, the final dream of most entrepreneurs because, and I know of a couple of friends that have done, um, you know, they started businesses. One that I met 
back in, uh, I want to say 06, 07, I asked him, I said, what is it about being an entrepreneur that you love so much? He goes, having a baby, helping it get up on its legs and watching it walk away on its own. Beautiful. And I thought about that. It took me a couple of years to understand it because I wasn't quite there yet. But man, if that's not profound, to be able to raise a child, which you're doing, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, my son's 18, um, and to be able to look at him and go, yeah, they'll be good. They'll be fine. I can go on now. If that's not the greatest feeling in the world, I, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the analogy is a really good one. Um, you know, our responsibility as parents is to provide our kids with the values to make good choices and yep. to be incredible contributors to society. Right. You know what I mean? That they bring something that makes society a better place. Mm-hmm. And when you look at your kids and, and they're doing that, it's, it's, it's the greatest reward. It's way better even to me than building a business because even though it's similar, I can create a business that's, that's creating value for our customers. It's nothing like to see your kids going out and do that. You know what I mean? But it's very, I love the analogy. I, I really do. I mean, when we built our property development company, you know, it was incremental. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the last dozen years or so, it's just absolutely exploded. And so our mission there is to provide, you know, high quality dwellings for people to raise a family that they can call home. Yeah. Now, some people call it, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, commercial property, residential property or rentals, whatever you want. I don't, I call it a, I, I call it a place for someone to call home that they can feel good about being a part of. Right. Yep. Just a subtle shift in mindset really increases the value and experience for the people who use that, you know, that's why, you know, we, we get uh, constant referrals. That's it. That's an interesting thing you bring up mindset, which is one of probably the biggest things that most entrepreneurs love to focus on this whole mindset thing. Um, you know, from affirmations to meditations to, but if you're in the thick of it and you have to deal with some heavy, for lack of a better term, heavy shit right in the midst of a moment, how are you supposed to deal with that? I mean, I think, I think you have something called a one minute mind shift or something like that. It's, is, is that correct? That's true. Okay. So, so how does that work and how does that, how can that affect an outcome? What do you, what do you, how do, what do you teach about that? Explain that one. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, again, to pro- provide a little context, back early on when I was starting my entrepreneurial career, um, I'm, I, as you could probably tell, I'm a driver, driver sort of personality. Uh, when I'm stressed, no, I couldn't tell at all. Yeah, it's hard, hard to figure out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I get intense. stressed, you just, <laughs> you're just high energy. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Uh, um, so when I get stressed, my natural inclination is to get angry or frustrated. Mm. And so to deal with that in a constructive way, because very early on, it was destructive. Mm. I like to say it was kind of like a boat going across the lake, right? The, yeah. the, 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 the lake is nice and calm and I'm right. cutting through it. But when I go through my anger, right, it's, it's everyone left in my wake that's oh. experiencing the impact of, of my <laughs> anger, right? So... Um, so Not a tidal lot, wave. You just it, think yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so through a lot of personal work and personal development, I, I really began to understand how the mind works. And 
and how to shift thoughts. Thoughts are things, thoughts have energy. When we put energy out into the universe, right, or what some people in, 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 uh, in the metaphysical world call the field of intention. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the first, right, um, communication highway ever. It's way before the internet. It's been around since the beginning of time. So we either have high energy or low energy thoughts. So a high energy mm -hmm. thought would be love, gratitude, appreciation. Those are high energy thoughts. Mm -hmm. They create mm -hmm. a high vibrational tone. So when we're present in those thoughts, we put that out, literally, right? It begins, the universe begins to res resonate around us mm -hmm. to bring a similar experience back to us. Right. Conversely, when we're in low energy thoughts, anger, fear, depression, apathy, the lower the tone, okay, that also puts a vibration out, but we attract those low tone vibrations back right back. Yep. In the form of people, experiences, and or opportunities or a lack of opportunities. Right. So our world around us is a direct reflection of the thoughts that we have. And I began to truly understand this. So I began to study and practice this one minute mindset process. Now, the way you do it is, is first by acknowledging the emotion that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Number one is all emotions normal. There's not a bad emotion or a good emotion. Yep. If someone in your family does, if you feel sad for a while, that's normal. It's yep. okay. Okay. What's not okay is to stay in sadness forever. Exactly. That's a choice. Yeah. Okay. If somebody, you know, God forbid, ever does anything, you know, um, to harm my family, I'm going to be really angry. Sure. But it's not okay to stay there all, forever. Right. Okay? So that's, that's the dichotomy of it. So now, understanding what the emotion I have, understanding that it's okay that I have that emotion, I have to acknowledge it first. Okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling anxious. Number two is, where am I feeling anxious? So thoughts are language of the brain. Mm -hmm. Feelings or the language of the body. So yep. feelings are thoughts manifested physically. Yep. <clears throat> so when I'm feeling anxious, how do I feel? Shortness of breath, tightness in my shoulders and neck, maybe a headache or tension, sweaty palms, I'm feeling agitated. Yep. Right? We all know what that feeling is like. Yep. So I acknowledge what it is and where I'm feeling it. Now, number three is, so it's a four-step process. Number three is, how do I want to feel? In this present moment, how do I choose to feel? Now, you may say, you know what? I choose to feel angry. <clears throat> okay. So then you ask yourself, how long do I want to be that way? So I'm choosing to be angry for the next half hour, and then I'm going to choose another emotion. Or you can make that shift instantly and go, I choose to feel something different. So what is that emotion that I feel? Instead of feeling anxious, I want to feel calm and serene. So step number four is to recall an experience in your life when you felt nothing but pure calmness, serenity, just peacefulness. Nice. So that would take me back to, let's say, if I was meditating on a beach in Mykonos in the mm -hmm. morning, watching mm -hmm. the sunrise. Mm -hmm. right? Probably one of the most ser serene experiences I've ever had. So I put myself back in that moment. I see it in my mind. And immediately, because I changed my thought, my physical body changes how it's expressing itself and no longer do i feel the anxiety it literally takes me longer to explain it than it than takes to do it yeah yeah do it. Well, that makes sense
But that's got to be like the most powerful thing to be able to stand there and just go, whatever the, the negative or low, low energy deal is and go, yeah, I'm there. I don't want to stay there. Right. I want to do something else. I've, I've learned this too. Not, not in that manner, but I've, I've learned that too, where, like you said, staying there is a choice. So do you choose to stay there or do you choose to get out of it and move into something better? Because the longer you choose to stay there, the less you're going to get accomplished. You know, it, it kind of speaks to the culture and the world in which we live in today, right? We can choose to be a victim. Yeah. Or we can choose to change our mindset and figure out how to overcome, right? We can choose um, to fault someone or we can figure out how to fix something, right? So we, every, it's what I call living intentional. Mm -hmm. Living intentional is being aware, what I call conscious awareness, being consciously aware of the thoughts that you're having. Right. And so if I'm aware of the thoughts I'm having, then I can be aware to choose intentionally the thoughts that I want to have. Let me just explain just a little bit more on this. Please. We live 90% of our life through a small portion of our brain called the reticular activating system. It's just above the limbic portion of your brain. And this is where the habitual nature of life takes over. About 90% of the things we do every day are autopilot. We get up at the same time. We, you know, we have the same is this, routine. Is this the, is this the famed lizard brain? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. That's for so, those that don't know what you're talking about because you, you got a little scientific there and we got some guys that are like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that, it's that other side of you that keeps taking over when you don't want it to, but it does it anyway. It does. It does. So, so we're habit. We live from habit. We do the yeah. same thing over yeah, and over do. and over. So we're, we're living below consciousness because habit occurs in the subconscious. Yes. Okay. Like when you get in your car and you drive to work and you get to work and you turn the key off and you go, how the hell did I get here? Did I stop at any stop signs? Did I blow a red light? Okay. You're blowing my mind. Slow down. <laughs> I've done that way too many times, dude. That's it. I don't remember getting here. What was it? Was I thinking about something on the way here? It's a 40 minute yeah. drive. What the hell? <laughs> Did you ever walk from the sink in your kitchen to the refrigerator and go, what the hell was I coming here for? Okay. I'm 48. Yes. Quite yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not dementia. That's the reticular <laughs> activating system. So, so, the, so, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is we want to elevate where we're spending most of our time out of subconscious to conscious because that's where our create, you, you know, as a musician, yeah. that's where we create. Yeah, that is. Yes. Agreed. That's, that's really, you know, you, you triggered something and I'm probably going to make a meme out of it. <laughs> the choice of, well, cause honestly we have the choice. You said there's, there's a choice between victim or Victor, not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> We really do have a choice, victim or victor. You know, if, if, we, if we choose to stay victim, we're not going to do the things necessary to continue finding success. We're not going to execute the different elements of success that are, are necessary. Victor, you could put Mount Everest in front of us. It won't matter. The, the, the intent, like you said, an intention-filled life that's, that's heading in the right direction. You're going to figure out the way to get there. Is it better to have a coach? Absolutely. Because they've probably seen it or, or done it themselves. And could, you know, exponentially help you through that, either in time 
pain, <clears throat> physical, emotional pain, and of course, money. A court, a coach can actually see, and I've always, I've always, you know, when people talk about, well, I'm in the middle of my storm. You're right. It's a perfect time to have either a friend or a coach. Why? Because they're outside that storm. They can see what's going on around you. You can't. Yeah. It's beautiful. So it's, it's, I think it's easier and it just, it just speaks to the necessity. I mean, I have, I've had coaches. I should probably get one again here soon. Um, but I've had coaches and that was exactly what they did. I mean, and, and all they did was hold up the mirror and go, um, here, take a look. Here's, here's what's really going on. And of course I had to do the same thing going through my little dropping ego, dropping pride and ch changing mindset and shift and all of that stuff. I'm really interested in getting your book, by the way. Um, Going through all of that, shifting mindset, finding balance and a joyful, joyful, fulfilling life. Is there like a formula for this thing? Or is it just one of those deals where you just set up a to-do list and go for it? Well, you could do that. It won't be nearly as effective as the, as the formula. Well, so, that, 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 that's why I asked. I, mean. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so this, there, what is this elusive secret you speak of? Yeah, yeah. Are, are you ready, Grasshopper? <laughs> I am ready, Master Paul. So here's the formula. Um, I'd like to take 100% credit for it, but I can't. Um, I've added to it and nuanced it. Um, so I have to give credit where credit's due, and the credit belongs to Napoleon Hill, who really changed my life at, at the age of 17. I was walking through. I was a senior in high school. I'll never forget this. And uh, a bunch of my friends were hanging out, and I walked you know, towards where, where they were sitting. And I saw in a bookshelf, I saw Think and Grow Rich and like, it, like, it just drew me to this. And I pulled it out. And now, I, you know, I did well in school only because I didn't have to work really hard to, to do well in school. Um, I didn't really read or anything like that. So it's really the first book I really, you know, um, I chose to read. I saw it as like, I got to read this. So I've been a big fan of his writings for a really long time. And um, I actually had uh, on the podcast, uh, Dr. Sharon Lecter. Oh, not cool. Not Apple's wife. But <laughs> so not Sharon, that Lecter. Uh, not that Lecter. Sharon was the, um, um, the, on the President's Council for edu uh, Financial Education. Mm -hmm. uh, for I remember. Presidents. Yeah. yeah. And so she uh, became the CEO, CEO of, of um, um, Napoleon Hill Industries. Mm -hmm. so, so when she started to go through his writings, they found a manuscript that he had writ back, written back in the 30s called Outwitting the Devil. Oh, yeah. And, dude, his wife, Napoleon Hill's wife, at the time when she read it, knew this was a transformational book, but it was so cutting edge she begged him not to release it while they were alive because it would exclude them from their social circles. Yeah, it would. It would. It would. Did you been. read it? Yeah. Did you read it? Not all of it. Dude, it's, it's, it's such an awesome book. Anybody out there is looking for a really cool read, open your mind. I would highly recommend it. But in the book, Napoleon Hill talks about this success formula and I added one element to it. So it's, here it is. It's P plus T times A times A plus F plus T equals success. So let me explain. So P is passion. Yep. Have you ever met anyone in life who's successful, who's not passionate about who they are and what they do? Not, not a one. Not a one. Absolutely. T 
T. T is talent. But what really T means is T is the work and effort you put in to become a master at your craft. Mm -hmm. Okay, so whether if you're going to be a chiropractor, be the best damn chiropractor. You're going to be a guitar guitarist, be a great damn guitar guitarist, a CPA, a mom, whatever it is. Just yep. be excellent at what you do. Yeah. So the first A is associations. We are the sum of the five people we hang out with. Right. If your life is not where you want it to be, check and see who, who is in your inner circle because you're probably going to need to shift some of those folks out. Now, sometimes it's us, right? It sucks sometimes when it's you. It sucks when it's you. <laughs> I often say, I often say, you know, this usually gets a big laugh when I'm on stage. If you're the smartest person in the room, in you the need room, to find room. a new room. Yep, you need to find a new room. That, that's, yeah. that's actually more of a truth say than a, than a joke. I mean. Well, people laugh because like we're in a room with a thousand people are like, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so really be be protective of the people who you surround yourself with and here's here's the here's the litmus of how to choose who to surround yourself with only surround yourself with people who build you up in strong and noble support and love you unconditionally and will support you right and 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 encourage you but also be honest with you yeah okay now, sometimes someone will say to me, well, what if, it's, what, if, what if the toxic person is a parent or a sibling or, you know, someone close to my family? I'm like, been there, been there. I know exactly what you mean. Then what you have to do is put healthy barriers. Yeah. Like, I, I love my mom. She passed. But my mom grew up in a very negative environment. She was, she was a pretty negative person. And... Um, I mean, I loved her to death, but I only could spend so much time with her and her negativity would actually cause me to start being angry and not be the guy I yeah. want to be. Yep, so I, I would limit the amount of time we'd spend together. And I know for some people out there say, what, what a jackass that guy is. But I was really protecting myself, my own well-being, emotional well-being, and of course the people around me because then that would affect my my kids and my wife and things like that. In essence, that. you were kind of protecting mom too, if you think about it, because you, sure. were, you were giving her her space because she was already in that habit mode where that's where she is. I mean, it's not like, Ma, you, you, you still have to go succeed at something. If she doesn't want to and she's not in that space, you don't falter for it. No. It is what it I, is. You're right. But so that, comes, that comes back to the victim or victor. Do I stay here and hang out with Ma and just end up acting like her? Or do I go do what I need to go do and, you know, do better? No question. Someone has, no to, change, someone has to change the chain of, of events. Or they're repeated. And, and that's, how, that's how you create generational yeah. experiences, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, so the second A in the, in the formula, which is the, fir, which is the fourth element is action you can have you can be passionate you can be really talented but if you're not taking the appropriate actions you'll never get to where you want to go so a lot of people equate this michael to hard work well if i just work hard uh, i will tell you that's only a small portion of it and people go what are you talking about i know a lot of people who work incredibly hard that never really get ahead right? Because yep. the efforts and the time that they're putting towards is activities that don't lead to growth. 
right? Because yep. the efforts and the time that they're putting towards is activities that don't lead to growth. Right. Okay. Now F is faith. Now faith could be faith in something bigger than yourself, or it could be faith in self. Yep. In other yep. words, I don't care who you are, on your path, on your journey, you're going to face inevitable obstacles, challenges, and struggles. Do you believe enough in your vision, in your goals, and in your dreams to push forth and persevere when you face those obstacles? Because the universe will challenge you to find out how bad you really want it. So yeah. you've got to have faith to go through that. Yep. Yep. And then the final element, which I added, was time. You know, God's delays is not God's denials, which essentially means is if you're willing to put the time and effort and follow the formula, it may not come in the three-year goal list that you put. It may right. be five or it could be six months, Yeah, but you yeah. have to put the time in. And, 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 and as I've worked this formula, whether it's my health, it's my relationships, my finances, my businesses, um, I know if I stick with this formula, success is guaranteed. And so when you work with, well, who, who are the typical clients that you work with? I mean, what kind of entrepreneurs have you been around most? I've worked with, I started out exclusively in, in healthcare, but uh, now I work with, I mean, all types of small business entrepreneurs, uh, I, uh, hairstylists and IT. Love it. And, 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 and attorneys and financial people. So basically we're talking small business owners, 50 or less, but I've done events for, you know, Fortune 1000 uh, companies as well sure. too. But my wheelhouse <clears throat> is the small business because that's who I'm a small business guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So even though, you know, we may generate seven, eight figures in our business, it's still really a small business. Yeah, sure. Sure. And when you, so you like work with executives too in corporate if that if that becomes a possible so you do okay cool i do yeah so um whether it's a corporate retreat on leadership or corporate culture um which are two things i'm really passionate about because right. i saw how it transformed our businesses okay when we're talking about the triple p life um you said it's you and a partner correct who's the who's the partner and how do you guys come together on that whole thing Wow, that's, this is a, a pretty amazing story. So literally, he was a patient. We like stories. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like telling stories. But <laughs> he was literally a patient of mine who had his own very successful internet business. Um, and um, he, and his, he and his wife uh, and family were patients of mine when I was still in practice. And, and his wife, um, at 34, developed brain cancer. Oh, and passed away. Um, and I was there for him. I mean, I loved them. I loved their family and I helped him, um, whether it was support or financially. And I just think the world of him and again, his family. Um, so when I, when I transitioned into doing the podcast and the, and the online coaching and the webinars and the seminars, <clears throat> I needed somebody in the back end who was, who was really good and knows how to build and I went to him at that time because, you know, he experienced great depression when she passed. Oh, sure. They, they had four kids. Oh, and, my. You know, with, uh, I think, uh, <clears throat> Alec was, you know, 14 months old and Trey was two and a half years old. It, I mean, it was so tragic. That's rough. That is rough. So he dealt with bit great depression. His partners, you know, pushed him out of the business. So he was in a bad place. And 
So I reached out to him and I, his name is WJ Vincent. And I said, man, I said, I can't think of a you know better guy to partner with and, you know, to, for, for you to, you know, to build this back end side of this business. And uh, so, yeah, that's how we, that's how we came together. And you based all of the theories on triple P life on based on experience and what you've learned or how did you guys, did you just, how long did that take to put together? Um, 32 years. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, really no, is. No, it, no it, I get it's it. Been, it's been a journey. It's all the mentors that taught me these lessons. And then I've taken it and morphed it and changed it and taught it to others. So I often say great content um, should pass through us, not to us. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's why I'm here today with you is to share this information because there's too much, there's too much pain in the world today. Needless. <laughs> That's, that's an understatement, bro. Right? It's just, and it's needless. It doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't mean that myself or the people that I work with, every day is wine and roses and chocolates. It's not. <laughs> but Michael, what it does, right? What a triple P life, it gives you the tools to overcome, persevere, and you get through it faster. That's invaluable, especially for entrepreneurs. For sure. We happen to be some of the most emotional fools on the planet <laughs> come on tell me i'm not wrong no you're right i mean it, 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 we have yeah i'm double i'm double blessed with that one because i'm half hawaiian you want to talk about a passionate people hearts on sleeves is just part for the course right. so when you're talking about dealing with that kind of mentality for years um even when i was a musician small things would set me off and it was stupid and, it, and it's not that i shouldn't say it was stupid um, it was reactionary, right? There was no thought behind it. And as I began to understand more about self-development and learning more about business and, you know, starting to put on the thick skin, it was kind of like, I've, I've sat in rooms and been ripped to shreds and people look at me like, wow, you didn't even react. I'm like, what was I supposed to react to? Them calling me out? Some of what they said was true. I need to fix it. Some of what they said wasn't true. There's nothing I can do about that. They're going to have an opinion. When I fix what I fix, it should be fine. I've had conversations with people that they thought I was going to run. And I, I've literally, like, I've made mistakes where people got mad at me. And I was the first one to reach out and get, I'm glad you're here. And they look at me, they're like, you're what? I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you're here. I need to talk to you. And I would take my accountability. And it always ended the same on the accountability side. It wasn't easy, but it was an accountability thing. They always said the same thing. You're a much bigger man than I thought you were. I honestly thought you were trying to hide from me. I said, no, I was just waiting for the right time to see you face to face because I don't believe in picking up a telephone to, to apologize if it, was, if it was something that was that, that, much, that much importance. I think if we have the mindset of being accountable and being practical and being real, it's easier to step away from the thin-skinned emotional victim that most people have subscribed to, especially nowadays. It was interesting that somebody talked about um, somebody talked about Gen Z, which if I remember, I'm not going to say your age, but if I remember correctly, you're at the front end of it. I'm in the middle of it we happen to be one of the generations that didn't have mental health issues. We were the, 
<clears throat> we were the ones told by the coach, if you have a problem with it, run it off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? You we feeling didn't... sick? Take a lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we didn't get trophies for coming in last. We didn't get trophies. Yeah, exactly. It, it, was, it was first place or nothing. Yeah. And, 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 and if you, you learn like how to, it, yeah, you you learn how how to with deal it. with defeat. Yeah. But that, and I think that brings a, that taught accountability. Yeah. You know, the, the ability to be able to say, okay, I didn't do it that time. What didn't I do? What we didn't have is, as youth was how do we assess what we didn't do? My philosophy nowadays is, okay, so it failed. Go back and look at what happened that was right. Where it stopped going right, start rebuilding from there. There's no sense in re reinventing the whole wheel if half the wheel did work and the other half didn't. Go right. find out what worked. If none of it worked, okay, scrap it, start over. But go back to where it was working. Go back and start again from that, from that spot and keep building towards the end. Yeah, I believe, I believe there really isn't failure until you accept defeat, right? And quit. so quit and you've been defeated. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have three kids that are, that are millennials and I think millennials get a really bad rap. Uh, in fact, when I go in to speak corporate, you know, I, they still carry that. I don't know why corporations still do it. It's not it, the millennials. No, it's not. <laughs> and by the, by the way, right. <laughs> They got saddled with a bad rap and it ain't their fault. And it's the parents who raised them. Thank you. Okay. So, you know, I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to be sad. I'm like, um, it's a part of life. <laughs> it is. And so I think it's, I think it's, you know, foolish to, to blanket anybody with any kind of statement like that. I think it's, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, when it comes down to it, really, we have to take responsibility for our life. You know, I, I did a show a couple of weeks ago that there's two elements right now that are, we are at really short supply in this country. One is mental toughness. The number two is emotional IQ. Mental toughness because we're never taught how to deal with defeat or, you know, everyone wants to make it, you know, um, to fix something uh, rather than, you know what, deal with the pain, deal with the consequences, figure out. We, we do our children such a disservice disservice by trying to fix everything for them because we're not giving them the skill sets when life really gets hard how are they going to deal with it so what's the what's the byproduct of that right you get an explosion of people on antidepressants and anti-anxiety yep. because because they, they can't deal with defeat yep. or, or loss because they've never had to deal with it and then the second part of that is the and they're actually conditioned they're, they're conditioned to believe that that's the solution which really bothers me that's true it, it's literally, oh, we'll give you something of this. This will help with your depression. It's like, no. Yeah. Not a solution. Not a solution at all. You're, you're introducing something that's not natural to your body when your body can produce it itself if you go through the right processes of grieving, of dealing with depression, of finding better ways, my mental mind shift, what have you. There's, in my mind, there are plenty of ways and tools. The question is, how willing is someone to go ahead and use those tools versus going and grabbing the prescription. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I really wanted to stress that point is that I, I think there's a huge lack of support, proper support for this, the, both younger generations. The Gen Zs are starting to go through it now too, that they're, they're both dealing with and, and they don't know how to deal with it. You know, yeah. they're at a loss. It, they are. And, and it's only going to get worse. You know, it's interesting. 
um, I believe it was April, there was a 20% increase in Zoloft. Oh, geez. In April. And, and Ugh. Zoloft is now on the um, list of um, medications in dangerous short supply. That's a problem. It's that a is problem. a huge problem. Huge problem. And the point I want to make here is depression is not due to a lack of Zoloft. No. It's not. You're right. So, but... Um, Number two, I'm sorry. Again, I just, I just wanted to like really clearly put the light bulbs around that frame because I think too often people default to the fact that there are substances that are, are legally prescribed to handle things that our generation were, were roughly treated over, but we had to figure out ourselves too, that there are ways and means to get around it without having to go that route. And, and, and in my opinion, the back end of our version of it versus what's being done now I think we have a much better outcome. You know, it was interesting. Um, back in 92, I had a, about a depression. It was really quite severe. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was normal because my mother dealt with depression her entire life. So, you know, I thought it was genetic, right? Right, right. Which, which is BS, by the way. Yeah, okay. yeah, correct. Right? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, I went the traditional route. Um, you know, I went and saw a counselor, they prescribed medication, none of that crap helped. Yeah. It, when I started to learn about mindset, what I, what I began to learn about, again, we talked about thoughts. We talked about, you mentioned affirmations, visualizations, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I've never had an episode and I will never have an episode the rest of my life for now almost 30 years. So if it was genetic, I would continue to have it. Exactly right? It was based on lifestyle. It was based on the thoughts I was having and mm -hmm. the environment I put myself in. Yep. So I had to change those things to, to affect and change the outcome, which mm -hmm. is the reason I wrote my first book, which is Change Your Mind, Change Your Destiny, The Eight Habits of Success, is to help people, to give them the skill sets necessary to transcend their destiny, right? And there's a process to do so if you're willing to take the time and invest a little bit of energy. But as I mentioned, number two is emotional IQ. So now when we don't get our way, we throw a tantrum. I was going to say, please don't, don't, don't mind me kind of chuckling because this is, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> yeah, we, we throw a tantrum. You know, if, so instead of having a conversation exactly, and try to influence somebody based on reason and logic and, you know, um, you know uh, appealing to their to their heart and their emotion, we throw a tantrum. So what are these riots? It's a big freaking tantrum. All day. Okay. Now, does anybody in their right mind think that the riots are gaining favor, they're gaining people's favor to think their way? Well, <laughs> there will be dissenting opinions on both sides. Yep. However, the logical answer is not a friggin' chance because the only thing that they've shown is there is a lack of maturity in being able to express or communicate their actual needs. And if somebody, if somebody would stop for a moment and say, here's the real issue we would like to discuss and people that are responsible for bringing those issues before whoever makes the decisions on, on 
laws, regulations, and things of that nature, if they were able to communicate better, nobody does that though. Not, I shouldn't say that. Certain people don't do that, and the rioters are certainly not helping. And and please yeah. let me let me make a delineation here. Yeah. Peaceful protesters are not rioters. Rioters have mixed in with the protesters. And unfortunately, the peaceful protesters, which are peaceful, are getting a bad rap. There is a difference. If you're standing there, voicing your opinion, being cool, not being a problem, not causing issues, not destroying anything, you're protesting. You have all the right in the world to do that. And, and mind you, I'm not a, I don't talk politics on here. This is just me delineating a definition. The moment you start causing problems and you start causing violence and you start causing health issues or, or start destroying property and things, you are now a rioter. You are no longer a peaceful protester. So are the rioters throwing a tantrum? Hell yeah, they are. Are the peaceful yeah. protesters trying to get their point across? Yes, but they're getting muddled by the rioters. No question. No question. And it's a shame. It is. It's a stupid because, shame, if you ask because, me. Because they had, they had agreement from right, left, and middle. Yeah. What Everybody agreed. What happened was wrong, and we need to change. Mm -hmm. But the conversation went away from change. How do we change it and make it better to what the hell's going on? And when mm -hmm. is this tantrum going to stop? Mm -hmm. So, and I agree with you. I didn't want to get into politics. But I needed to make, uh, you know. A, a no, you make a good point, and it's it's not really a political statement that we're making. I'm, we're we're we're, spe we're specifically defining what it is we believe one is and the other is, and right. and and how each one uh, tries to get their message across. One does it the right way, the other one doesn't. Right. And one that doesn't has a mindset of if we throw enough of a tantrum and cause enough problems, that things will change. Um, there are even beliefs on in that group that change begum uh, starts with violence, and I'm like. Uh, no, not, not really. Change actually starts by having a conversation and figuring out where you agree and disagree and then working your, working your way through to an actual solution. If, if there's no agreement, there's a stalemate. If you choose to create violence from that point, that's what starts world wars. Yeah, you know, Michael, as I mentioned before, the energy you put out in the universe, you get back. So if you put love out, you get love back. If you put violence out, you're only going to get violence back. And that's to the point that you were speaking before, is you can't solve a problem, right, with the same level of thinking that created it. Yeah, it doesn't help. It's humanly impossible. It, it's, it's never resolved anything. In fact, it's only escalated in the wrong direction. And to this day, for, for a lot of those issues, there were never any changes. Correct. Think about it. Correct. So it's like you, you mentioned there's a couple of things missing today. One of the things that I notice that's missing heavily is empathy. There seems to be a serious lack of it. When somebody sits there and says, ah, toughen up, you know, suck it up, buttercup, and all that kind of stuff, there is still empathy needed. There's still compassion needed for certain people. They're experiencing something that they feel is real. You know, being able to stand there in su and supporting them to a better choice, supporting, that's what coaches are for, supporting them to a better choice, helping them to realize where they really are. When somebody's in bad despair, there is no earth, there is no world. It's a dark room and they're the only ones in it. It takes a friend or a coach to come along and go, hey, listen, um, this is just a black sheet. Look, let me pull this back for a second. 
That's the empathy that they need. A friend can do that. I can tell you right now, um, and I've shared this once on another uh, podcast, um, I was not long ago in a very bad place. And it was to the point where the consideration of life was very much a factor on the table. Had it not been for two friends, um, one who's my birthday buddy, um, she and I were born on the same exact day, uh, love her to death, she's amazing, she's just a sweetheart of a person, and another friend who's actually younger than me, um, but very much a spiritual leader. Uh, at the time, he was he held the ministry in the church that I go to, and if it wasn't for the two of them, you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. And what that looks like is she had been in a similar situation with a relationship that I had just gotten out of, same kind of idea, extenuating circumstances on both sides. She saw where I was at. She's like, listen, if you need to talk, I'm here. Had it not been for two friends, um, one who's my birthday buddy, um, she and I were born on the same exact day, uh, love her to death. She's amazing. She's just a sweetheart of a person. And another friend who's actually younger than me, um, but very much a spiritual leader. Uh, at the time, he was he held the ministry in the church that I go to. And if it wasn't for the two of them, you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. And what that looks like is she had been in a similar situation with a relationship that I had just gotten out of, same kind of idea extenuating circumstances on both sides. She saw where I was at. She's like, listen, if you need to talk, I'm here. And she would call me once in a while to spot check me. She says, I just want to make sure you're not thinking of the wrong thing right now. I was like, I appreciate that because I still am. When it came to my other friend, it was, okay, so here's where your problem is. And he's the one that, that doesn't hold back punches. He's like the truth sayer. He's like, here's, here's where you're wrong. And he went right down the list. And he wasn't wrong. He wasn't lying to me. He was being a real friend. He's like, you're, you've messed up here. You've messed up here. You've messed up here. You need to fix things. If you can fix all of this, half of that crap will go away. And he was right. It took a while, but I went through it. Now, he even acknowledged it. says, you're grieving a loss. You had a very strong relationship with that person, and you're grieving a loss, dude. So grieve it. But grieve it and get it out and get it over with. Yes. You still have a family and a life to live. So it's like, if there was more, I, I'm just saying this as an opinion, this and five bucks, Starbucks, we all know that one. If there were more empathy, I think people would be a little more receptive to what was really going on and probably a little more amicable to trying to create solutions. Well, one of, one of the uh, impacts of being, uh, of having low emotional IQ is a lack of empathy, the inability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yep. And it, just even for a moment to try mm -hmm. to, you know, um, feel and experience what someone else is going through. Because if you're incapable of doing that, then you, you just bully your way through things. You hurt people physically, you know, yeah. emotionally. Yeah. And that's not who we are. That's not no. who we are. No. <clears throat> we weren't crazy. So we've got to we've got to elevate our emotional IQ back again in this country. Where do you think somebody can start doing that? I mean, you, you got we see what's going on. And I'm not just talking about here in the U.S. This is worldwide. This is this is a human condition thing. 
you know, we were created to be, we were created to be social beings. I mean, obviously right now we're kind of being held away from that in certain cases, but we were created to be social beings that support each other to become a greater collective. We're not seeing that right now. What things can anybody do? Anybody that happens to be listening to this to switch that their mentality, their, the mental shift that we were just talking about earlier. What are we looking for? How do we do this? In my humble opinion, the first thing we have to do is we have to distance ourselves and, and, and insulate ourselves from our current political climate. And the reason is, is because it's specifically designed to create divisiveness. Mm -hmm. Divisiveness amongst gender, race, mm -hmm. socioeconomic status. Yep. Um, I mean, you name it, whatever it is. You see, power is derived by dividing people, having them fight each other, and then the, you know, the, the savior comes in on the white shiny horse and says, I have all the solutions. I'm the person, the guy or the gal, with all the answers. So that then provides them power. Yep. And what I'm saying is, is that we have far more in common as citizens of the world of this country than we do that divide us. There's three basic human needs we all have. Each and every one of us, I don't care what your skin color is or gender or, 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 or sexual orientation is. And that is a need to be loved. Yep. Need to feel safe. Yep. Okay. And a need, and a needing, a, a need to belong. Yep. Belong to a group or a tribe or, yep. you know, whatever. Yep. Yep. Now, if we use those common, those common uh, denominators to bind us, and we coalesce, guess what happens to the dividers? They lose all their power. They lose all their power. Because when we start thinking, of, I think of you, Michael, as my brother, right? If yep. I hurt me, I'm hurting you. Yep. If, I, if I do that with a gal down the street or the guy you know, across the, across the state, then we're looking out for what's best for each other. So, so commonality lack of division. If we can do that, it will elevate our emotional IQ to think more empowering terms such as love and compassion and empathy that you mentioned. That's my humble opinion. You also, you also, that ties right back into it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. Exactly. And I think on a lot of, on a lot of levels, the arguments that I see online, and I, I the arguments that I see online, a lot of them are, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Now, whether logic and, and science and everything else backs you up, that's fine. That means that the science is correct. And if you're, if you're smart, you're open to understanding new data to change your perspective. That's cool. But if it's just to be right, irrespective, you've lost, you've, you've lost a major battle. And you've lost a major opportunity because that person completely believes that they're right. You completely believe you're right and you've lost the power. I, th I still think that that's an argument that's being had daily, um, at least from what I'm seeing online. When we're looking as entrepreneurs, I want to shift this back to where we're supposed to be. Um, that was slight tangent. That was a rabbit hole. Hey, um, <laughs> as entrepreneurs coming back, that same thing still applies there too. Emotional IQ, uh, empathy, and um, what was the first one? 
Mental toughness. Mental toughness. Thank you. When you're going through any part of being an entrepreneur, whether that's formulating, planning, execution, how do you maintain those those things? And, and what are you looking for when you're doing them? I mean, like, is it is it is there specific steps in each stage? Is it a, is there is there another formula in there somewhere? Um, is it is there something that that entrepreneurs really need to be uh, aware of when they're doing this? I mean, starting a new business is not. <laughs> It's a, it's it's almost as much a, of a traumatic experience as buying a house. <laughs> You're probably right about that. <laughs> I would say um, I'm going to go back to what I said before. It's being consciously aware of your environment, your surroundings, and how you're showing up each and every day. Mm-hmm. As leaders, our job is to elevate the people around us to be better. Right. Okay. So there are going to be struggles along the way that if we act in a manner that's not consistent with strong and dynamic leaders, such as just remaining calm. You know, again, one of my, one of my core values is there are no problems. There's only solutions. Mm -hmm. Now that may sound like a trite comment, but I'm wired in a way is I don't look at the problem. I'm only looking for the solution. And every problem in the universe has already been solved. At least once or twice. At least once or twice. So I just need to figure it out. So why get all freaked out about it? It's already been solved. I'll figure it out. I'll find somebody who can help me figure it out. So having that, so that's a mental toughness, Mm -hmm. right? Looking at obstacles as I embrace them. Why? Because it shows me, it gives me an opportunity to grow and learn and expand my mind. Mental toughness. Okay, um, I look as I look at um, you know the people around me as an opportunity to share together and grow together and to serve. So it's it's about staying conscious in your environment. How do I show up each and every day, and what's my outcome? And when stuff hits the fan, it's just remain calm. You'll figure it out. I mean. Michael, when it really comes to it, there's very few things in life we really need to get all that wigged out about. Yeah, true. I mean, really. And that's coming from a guy who got wigged out about a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. I, I totally agree with you. I, I was actually accused of being too mellow uh, in one of my relationships because, you know, small, what I, and, then, and they weren't small things, but it was my, my lack of reaction that set them off. And they're just like, you should be more angry about this. I said, I didn't say I was happy about it. Why aren't you? Why aren't you mad? Why aren't you doing something? This is I'm happy to do something about it, and I've already made a phone call. But you're not angry. Um. Well, like I said, I'm not happy. But we're going to get through this, and we're going to resolve it. And I think if more people approached it, just like you said, stay calm. Calm. Calmness wins the war. I don't care what you do. Uh, you know, the moment you lose sight of what's going on, anger only tunnel visions you. Calm opens your awareness to the universe. You can actually, you can actually see way more when you're calm. If you talk to great military leaders, that that you know, they'll ask them a question: What, what quality allowed you to be such a you know a, a great leader? Mm-hmm. It, it's being calm in the face of adversity. Yeah, it really is. And yep. and here's the other thing, Michael: is some people are just addicted to the drama, like. 
their life is is wrapped up in drama. If there's no drama, oh, yeah. they don't feel any value. Like they they feel lost. Yeah. And that's what one of the aspects of the success formula, the first A associations, why I say who we surround ourselves really matters as it relates to creating the life, you know, that we really want to, to happen, to make happen. Sweet. We've been digging pretty deep, bud. Yeah. Um, I'm a little exhausted after that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Happily though. Um, there's more stuff I want to dig in with you, um, but I'd kind of like to save it for the next round if you don't mind, because um, we're sure. Mark, um, and I think I think there's a lot more to share. You're at a point now. You're obviously you're probably doing virtual speaking gigs at this point. Where where can people find you? You can find me on social media. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. Someone asked me today, you know, you haven't been very active on my personal page, right? You know, and I said, do you think that's by accident? You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm very engaged on my Dr. J. LaGuardia page. So cool. at Dr. J. LaGuardia on Facebook or Instagram. So it's felt just like the airport. Uh, I also can be found on our podcast, which is power, passion, prosperity, uh, with Dr. J, it's all one word, Power, Passion, Prosperity, on any of your favorite podcast apps. and um, All the links will be in the description down below. So awesome, awesome. Oh, yeah. We always, we always publish that. We want to make sure people can find you there, too. So, Yeah, and then, um, you know, um, I, when I do interviews, and I do a lot of these interviews, I always say if somebody ever has any questions or comments about, you know, either you can do it on my social media or you can email me. It's really simple, Dr. J at Triple P Life. So you know, triple P life, all one word. And, uh, I, I respond to all of them. So I welcome, I welcome the discourse. Sounds good. Um, I believe if I remember correctly, I read something about, um, five elements as a formula for success. I want to save that for next time because okay. I think we can dig into each one and you probably got a ton of stories that'll, that'll illustrate it real well. And you know, us marketers, we love stories. No question. So. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people fault us for it, but hey, you know, camp <laughs> campfires are a thing, you know? <laughs> yes, I agree. That and a good cigar and maybe some rye. want to thank you very much for joining us, Dr. J. Really do appreciate you spending time, investing time, uh, and sharing your, your insights and your knowledge with uh, our listeners and our viewers. Um, so till the next time, guys, make, make sure, by the way, if you haven't subscribed down below, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms that we're on, we're on like, I think 11 or 12 of them. Make sure you subscribe or download. Uh, if you guys feel like supporting us, we are on anchor.fm. That is our main place right now that may or may not change. We don't know. We're still kind of going through that whole thing. Um, but yeah, you're, you're more than welcome to support us there. We always end the same way. You know, we love you guys. I'm here to here to heaven and back and we want all the best for you it's why we do these it's why we bring on these experts and have such good hearts and, and and good expertise to help us all figure out where it's at and where we're going uh, make sure you stay up stay safe and stay healthy and live the best life you possibly can until next time for dr j and for myself it's coffee with mike talk to you guys soon ciao for now For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. 
Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.